Hey guys, welcome to the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Milligan, and this is episode number 61, Video, Photography, and the Web with Ben Holbrook. This is the Filming with Josh podcast, brought to you by Rustic River Media. Welcome to the videographer's home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks. Thanks guys for joining another episode of the Filming with Josh podcast. I'm joined today by my friend Ben. Ben, welcome to the show. Thanks. Ben, I want you to, uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about you, your background. You've done some stuff in the hunting industry. You've, you're doing a lot of stuff with three planes, um, with web design and SEO and stuff like that. So I want to, I want to just chat about some stuff today. So, um, why don't we start the podcast off by you telling us a little bit about you, um, who you are and what you do today. Yeah, I'll just start with kind of how I got into the industry. Is that good? Yeah, that's great. And you know what, Ben? I'm gonna stop you right there, real quick. Let's uh, let's take those headphones out because it. You know what it's doing? The what? it's using the headphone audio. Oh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Hold on. After all of that. <laughs> okay, I just turned off. Oh my... yeah, it sounds so much better. We'll just okay. stick with that. Okay. Yeah, so that's fine. And we're just going to keep rolling with the podcast. It doesn't matter. Our viewers don't care. So yeah, tell us a little bit about you and uh, what you do. Yeah, I started off uh, probably 15 years ago, um, some somewhere around there. And I started in sales, actually, for a place called Gage Outdoors Exp- Expeditions. Okay. And it was a um, booking agency. And it was kind of a different situation that the owners owned a couple lodges. They owned a um, duck hunting lodge in Mexico and a fishing lodge up in Saskatchewan and Thunderstick Lodge, which is out in South Dakota, pheasant hunting. Um, so I did sales for a little bit. And at one point, my manager just said, do you want to get into learn what SEO is? And so then I didn't know what SEO was, you know what I mean? It's like, what does that mean? And so kind of dug into the digital marketing at that time, we were doing more like trade shows and, you know, mailers and things like that. Um, so then at that point, I kind of dug into digital marketing, got our website rolling, hired um, Ryan, who's the owner of Three Planes now, which is where I work, to do our you know website and help with the digital marketing. And yeah, just built from there, started listening to a lot of podcasts. I was telling you that earlier. I mean, it's a great way to learn. So um, and then started with Three Planes about three and a half years ago, full-time marketing. Um, yeah, and I've loved it. I think I like the marketing side of it. What, so tell us a little bit more about what you do for Three Planes and tell us a little bit more about what Three Planes is in general. Yeah, so Three Planes is a small marketing agency. Um, probably 60 to 70% of our clients are hunting and fishing lodges or in the outdoor industry, I would say. Um, and our business model is kind of, it's a little bit different that, you know, you've got your typical, typical agency, but we work with a lot of small businesses and we've kind of embraced that with affordable marketing packages. You know, we build your website, which is our custom platform. Um, and then working with them to whether it be Google ads or, you know, just kind of SEO marketing, whatever you want to call that, um, general digital marketing, just to help them, you know, and not having, not having to have a huge marketing agency to help these small businesses because they can't afford it a lot of the time, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of our, it's kind of our business model. 
and how we met. Um, I so I used to do TV shows, outdoor TV shows, and I transitioned more into doing commercial corporate stuff. Um, but I, I kept my foot in the outdoor industry by doing outfitter marketing videos and photography is hands down my favorite thing to do. If I could make my whole entire living doing nothing but shooting for outfitters, hundred percent. That's what I do without question. I it's, bet, just, yeah. it's just tough because not all of them have the marketing budget for it or the desire to spend the money for photography and video. Um, but there are outfits that, that do. And one of those outfits was a Hunt Mill Hollow Ranch in Oklahoma. And I used to work there to do marketing or video and photography marketing for them back several years ago when Bob Burlingame owned it. Um, but Bob sold the ranch and after, uh, or kind of before it was sold, you guys kind of came in and started doing some website development for them. Right. Yeah. And I remember that day too. I remember when I, I reached out to you, but I was so excited too, because you had that great video. You know, a lot of times when we start with new clients, they don't have any video and it's so hard to get it. And I saw this and I'm like, wow, this is some good stuff to work with. Yeah. But I remember reaching out to you. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, we, we were just talking about this yesterday because you're still doing work under the new ma- owner and the new management. Um, and now you guys are going to, we're going to kind of rehouse some of that old footage I shot like six years ago, five, six years ago, which is actually really cool because we can go back and reuse old content and still make it relevant today um, with some of the some of the different Google ads and stuff you're going to do. And, and we're going to jump into to some more of that today. Um, but that's for those of y'all listening, that's kind of how we met. And uh, we've, we've worked on a few other projects together. We're getting ready to work on a really big one right now. Uh, and it's exciting. I love working with a good team of guys for web development because I feel and SEO and that kind of thing. Cause I feel like I've had really bad experiences with working with people that do what you guys do in the past, but you guys are, Y'all are awesome. So tell me a little bit more. So you guys, how big is your team? And you said you do stuff also, you said about 60 or 70% is in the outdoors, but what else do you guys do? We've got it. We've got these days, you know, you don't have to have an office. So we're kind of all over. We've got our developers in Colorado Springs. Um, Ryan, the owner is down in Mankato, which is Southern Minnesota. I'm a little bit North of that, just South of the twin cities in Minnesota. Our designer is out um, Western Minnesota. Um, and then we've got a, um, kind of a marketing guy in Nashville and an employee in Wisconsin that's marketing as well. So, and now we've got some contractors, you know, and helping out with Google ads and some other things. So, but that's kind of our full-time team. That's a good size team though. I mean, you, you said you're small and that I get like on a grand scheme of things, but for an outdoor marketing kind of focused company, that's a pretty decent size. I feel we're growing. We've hired two people this year. So yeah, we're going in the right direction. Um, which I'm sure you've dealt with that some. It's hard, hard to hire people. It's hard oh, to find so, good people, you know? Dude, finding an editor for me was like, it took me like, like eight years to find an editor that I trusted. Well, like the thing is, and when you find somebody, spending time to train somebody that doesn't work out is excruciating because it's, it's just like, you know, I mean, you're going through that six months or whatever where it's not helping, it's hurting, you know, but you're looking for the end of the rainbow and then doesn't work out. But anyway, the, I, we've the got rainbow just people. keeps moving and moving away. <laughs> yeah. But I think we've got really good people now, which is a really positive thing. Um, but we do kind of, interestingly, we've got a dog breeder platform too. Um, I did not know that. No. Well, it's, so our developer, Ryan Marinkovich, just, we were getting a lot of inquiries for dog breeders. So he just kind of built out this dog breeder platform. That's kind of cool that lets them list their litters and their puppies 
Really? We have quite a few like gun dog breeders and trainers and that kind of thing that are interested in it too. So that's, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of our business. I'm just throwing that out there, but, and then we've got anything from like window cleaners to roofers to, you know, other just kind of mixed in just cause the web, cause small businesses like that. I mean, it takes a little bit longer to get to know their business a little bit, but as long as you take the time to kind of learn the business a little bit, I mean, I think, you know, saying that though, I think one of the benefits of our company too, is we all know hunting and fishing so well, you know, I yeah. mean, um, so I think that is important, but I can always learn a little bit about window washing, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel like half of my business is learning about industries that I know nothing about. Like one of my biggest clients is a geospatial engineering firm. They're the largest in the country. And every time they tell me about a project that's coming up, it just goes right over my head. I have no idea what they're talking that about. That would be challenging. That would be challenging. Yeah. It's really tough. And fortunately, they have a great marketing team because without their marketing team, there's no way I could do the job because I would, they'd be like, hey, go shoot some video of a ground penetrating radar. And I'd be like, cool, what's that? You know? Yeah, I, I can't imagine. And not knowing that terminology or anything else, that'd be hard. Yeah, it's very interesting. I have a plastic surgeon client too. And I've, been, I've done like 250 something videos for them over the past four years. I'm in the middle of cutting 40 together right now. And uh, I... I've, I went from knowing nothing about plastic surgery to, I could probably tell you everything about plastic surgery. <laughs> you, you have no idea how much I know about doodles more than you'd ever want to know about doodles. doodles. <laughs> Cheap doodles. <laughs> F1B, F1. Yeah. I know. I know what you feel. I'd rather know more about engineering than doodles, but. But when it comes to marketing, that's actually one of the cool things you get to learn about other people's businesses, even within the hunting industry. So you guys know hunting, but you get to probably learn about or get to be around different types of hunts that maybe you personally have gone on. Yeah, for sure. And I think the key, like you said, is if you're going to try to do it to at least put the effort in to either learn about that client or just know what you don't know and yeah. say, you know, we can't do this. You're going to have to provide the content or you're going to have to do to, do whatever it might be, but not trying to do something you can't do, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to, for the the project that we're getting ready to, to work on here pretty soon, I was talking to uh, someone there yesterday. We had a quick meeting. We were talking about a shot list and I was kind of going over some things I wanted to get when I showed up to the outfit. And I was thinking about it afterward. If, so, if someone got a job like that and knew nothing about hunting, I don't know that they would be able to do a good job because I, as I was asking them about certain things I want to get shots of, it's it's stuff that I think only people who hunt would even know to, to think, to, to ask for, or to, to look for. And so I think for you guys to all have hunting experience and to do a lot of marketing for the hunting and fishing industry, I think that really helps. I've got a good story about that. So when I was at Gage and I was just getting into marketing like this, and I was looking to hire somebody to help with the SEO stuff and just kind of marketing in general. So I hired this company out of New York. I can't remember the name of it, but the, the, they were going to do a couple blog blog posts for us a year or something, you know? So this guy who was actually a good writer, you know what I mean? He, he wrote well, but he writes his blog posts about our pheasant hunting lodge. And in the first like paragraph, it talked about this pheasant squawking in the morning. And I was like, Oh God, I mean, if you put, think if you put that out there, you know what I mean? And it's like, what, like you said, just not knowing the industry or not knowing what you don't know, you know? Yeah. But that, and that, but it's part of, it's a learning experience. I think it, it definitely just depends on, I don't know. I feel like there's some hunting things can be kind of 
you can kind of pick up really easy. But like if you're doing marketing for like goat hunting, I feel like terminology and the way that you pitch it might you might want to be a, at least have a, some hunting experience to really understand kind of what they're looking for and how who their target audience is. I think understanding the target audience is huge. Different things like that. And you're right too. And it can, if you want to learn about an industry, it's fine. But so from my perspective, so much about helping, especially these small businesses with marketing is being creative. You know what I mean? And thinking of ways, what can we do with content? What can we do with reviews or whatever it might be? And not just, you know, having some template that you just go through for each different client. Um, and if you know a little bit about the industry or you're interested to learn about the industry, I think that helps a lot, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. I want to, I want to know a little bit more about you. So you said you used to work before you worked here, you worked with, uh, you guys sold hunts. Is that what you said? So gauge outdoor expeditions. Yes. Was that yeah, tell, tell me about that. So, um, it was actually owned by Skip Gage, who is a um, the son-in-law of the Carlsons, who own like TGI Fridays and a bunch of you know um, a huge company. So this was kind of the little toy, the booking agency. He where married into a good family, then he married into a good family. <laughs> yeah. um, so they started, and they they didn't just start a booking agency; they went all out and bought these lodges, you know, like this duck hunting lodge in Mexico that was just amazing. Um, it only took 12 people. It was right on the Laguna Madre. It was just, it was a cool place. Um, and then Thunderstick in South Dakota and then the fishing lodge. So we would, it was kind of neat because you were marketing and you could go anywhere. You know what I mean? We could do elk hunting in New Mexico. We could do, you know, anything we wanted to because outfitters, assuming they need help with their bookings, they would just pay us a commission for those people that aren't familiar with booking agencies, but they would pay us a commission to book hunts for them. So we would do the marketing. Um, and we focused on North America. We, and we did a lot of Argentina. I went to Argentina quite a few times with the place we were worked with down there. Um, and quite a bit of fishing. Um, yeah. So that, so that was, it was fun though, because you got to go to a lot of different places because they wanted you to sell their hunts and learn about their properties, you know, or, the places that we owned, I obviously would go out there quite a bit just to, you know, stay fresh on it. And I would go with groups sometimes and that kind of thing. When, when you did marketing for those, uh, outfitters, how did you go about doing that? Um, started out, I kind of mentioned before started when I started, we were doing trade shows and we, you know, I knew right away that trade shows were not good, just like straight up sports shows. So we started doing like oil shows in Texas and that kind of thing oh, to differentiate smart. us. Yeah. And that was awesome. You know what I mean? You'd be the only one there and you'd just get tons of people with money coming through. Um, and we got some pretty good bookings there, but then the oil went to like $20 a barrel, like a year after we did that. So it kind of didn't work as well. Um, and even that, even saying that though, I mean, those shows were expensive. You know, you spend six grand on the booth and then you're spending on food and, you know, you got to send a couple people down there. So, um, I started pushing more and more for just digital marketing, you know, whether it be an email, e-newsletter and, um, you know, just getting the websites SEO wise where we wanted them to be and that kind of thing. And that, when I was down there, that was pretty much what we were focused on. And we were in really good shape. We'd get a ton of leads just from, you know, the website and that kind of thing. Do you guys ever do like SCI Vegas or Dallas Safari Club in Dallas? Um, at Three Plains? Uh, no, back when you were doing the bookings. 
we went kind of our partner in Argentina, his name was Cano. We went and shared a booth with him once at SCI. Um, otherwise we would go and walk through it sometimes just to kind of meet people or I think that can be a good strategy too, whether you're an outfitter or something like that as a booking agent where you're not spending all that money, but throughout the year, when you're talking to people, you can say, cause they always say, are you going to be at SCI? You know what I mean? And when yeah. you don't have to say just no, yeah, I'll be there and just go there and walk around and meet people and have coffee with people that you set up appointments with people throughout the year. Um, so to answer your question, we did that a couple of times, but not spending I always hated the way that they have that waiting list and you can't get off the waiting list. And it's, I mean, for those people that do well on it, more power to them, but I just think there's better ways to spend your marketing dollars, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, so I like trade shows. So you mentioned the oil. I, uh, I do something kind of similar. I, I like to work with, um, large scale home building clients or clients in different industrial or wind and power renewable energy um, areas because they all have big marketing budgets. And so I will go to trade shows and it cost me several thousand dollars to have a booth there, but I'm the only video production company there. There's nobody else. And there's usually decision makers walking around. And so when they see me as the only video guy and I've got like a highlight reel in the background of stuff tailored to that industry, it usually gets them to stop and talk and I'll have like cameras sitting out, you know, to catch attention. Um, so I think there's really, I think that's great, but the SCI and Dallas Sparkle thing, you're right. The wait list. I've never, I've been to the shows. I've passed out business cards, walked the floor, like you said, but the waiting list and how expensive it is, I, it's just always kind of been a turnoff. I wanted to do it. It just doesn't seem like it's worth it. And I, th- I think you can get a lot of the, be- it depends on your industry, but I think you can get a lot of the benefits by just being there and going and meeting people and, and speaking to what you, where you are the only guy there, it helps too, because if you've done these shows, sitting there for three days and not talking to anybody and just being bored is miserable. <laughs> so yeah, it is. if you're there and you, cause it's fun when people are coming and talking to you and you're meeting people and, um, so that's, that's another benefit of kind of being the only one there that people want to come and talk to yeah, I agree. Well, um, so when you transitioned over to three planes, did you have to do like a lot of training or anything? Or I, I, you said you listened to a lot of podcasts. Were you able to get most of your education online or how did that work? Yeah, I kind of taught myself most of this stuff through podcasts, through webinars. Um, there's a lot of smart people out there if you're willing to look and find them and then kind of expand on that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they're willing to put out a lot of good information. Um, and I still do that. You know, I still have weekly webinars that I listen to and podcasts and everything else. But com- so coming into three planes, I had a pretty good base of the marketing, you know, industry, especially within hunting and fishing. I have learned a lot from Ryan Trask, who's the owner, just on technical things like domains and um, how websites work and, um, you know, hosting and things that are important, I think to understand within the marketing industry. I've really appreciated being here to learn that. And you just build on your marketing knowledge too. There's always new things. Like we're going to talk about photos. That's new stuff that you need to keep up on that you're always learning, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, you guys are are starting to really get your name out there because I was talking to a friend of mine, um, James Fott the other day out of Missouri. And he said that he had done some stuff for a hunting outfit that you guys are working with. And I don't know if he had spoken to you, but he had spoken to a couple different guys from three planes and was talking to me about that. 
um, it was just really funny because he was talking about, he's like, yeah, this company called Three Planes. I was like, oh, really? You've heard of them too. So <laughs> that is funny. I recognize that name too. I can't place it, but I know I recognize that name. Yeah. He's a videographer. He's a good friend of mine. He lives up in Missouri and he owns a company called uh, Wild Story Productions. Huh. Um, but yeah, he, do, he does a lot of outdoor stuff or used to do a lot of outdoor stuff. And now he's more real estate. But um, he told me he was doing some content for one, one of your clients. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's good to hear too. It's always good to hear your names getting out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on today is so this podcast, you know, it's all about um, it's all about video, photography, editing, and the business side of it. And one of the things that I think is fascinating about you and why I wanted to bring you on is I've never brought someone on before as a background in SEO websites, how the Google search engines work, that kind of thing. And I think it's I think it would be a great for to to chat about some of that. So when people are shooting photography or shooting video or creating video for clients, whether it's in the outdoors or not, they have certain things in mind um, about about how like 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 we can talk about this in a second, but like knowing why 15 second videos are not skippable, like things like that. So they can understand different ways to create content for clients. So I think this would be a great conversation. So I want to start off by asking you a little bit about um, kind of some trends or things that you might be seeing uh, in video today uh, on, for, for marketing. Yeah. I've, and I've told you this before. I mean, I've, <clears throat> since I've started here, I've been trying to push for, getting more video and getting it for our clients. It's hard when they don't have big budgets, but they don't always have to. And some, some of them do and just need to prioritize what they're going to put that budget into, but it, it fits hunting perfectly, doesn't it? I mean, it's, yeah. it's visual. I mean, it's, and there's not enough of it, whether it be through Google ads or, you know, getting it on your Google business profile or embedding it on your website. Um, yeah, I just think it's so perfect for the hunting industry. And I, I don't, you know, you see quite a bit of it, but for some of the, for our clients that are, you know, kind of smaller or a lot of them are smaller outfitters and things like that. Um, but kind of trends wise, me personally, I mean, we run a lot of Google ads campaigns and I've really been trying to get that going where you mentioned the 15 second ad, the so a 15 second ad is, you know, the non-skippable on YouTube where it's just got to be quick. You got to catch their attention. And then you've got the 30 second to a minute or actually however long you want, which is the five second skippable where you can, did I say skippable for the 15 second? I meant it's not skippable. So that's what uh, I, said. I don't remember. You can't skip it. Yeah. So that you have to watch for 15 seconds. The skippable is that's where you got to catch them in five seconds, but Again, that's great for hunting. You know what I mean? You just got to have, some, you, and you and I have talked about this. You just got to have something that catches them. And if I see something that I'm looking about duck hunting or whatever else, I'm going to probably watch it, you know? Um, and then from there, just using it for content on the website. You know I mean? Any of that stuff is good content that's going to help your SEO and get you out there. And um, and Google's eyes show that, you know, you're a legitimate business, you've got authority and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, even like you said, content wise, I think, I think about myself, cause I think it's really important when you're trying to market a company, if you think of yourself as the consumer. So I think of myself as a hunter and I think, okay, if I've got 15 or 20 grand that I've saved up for 10 years and I'm going to go to Alaska and I want to kill my first moose and I want to go on an, on, on an amazing moose hunt, 
but I don't know anybody. Let's just say I, you know, I'm a normal blue collar guy. I've been saving up for this for a long time. I don't go to the trade shows. I don't know any of these people and I don't run in those circles where all my friends know where to go. So I'm online and I'm having to search Alaskan moose hunting outfits to me, even just having a video embedded on your website, if you're Bob and and you don't have a video on your website, but Joe next to you does, and he's offering moose hunts. Even if you're, even if your hunts are comparable prices, I feel like as a consumer, if 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 Joe's, if I can get a glimpse of what his hunts are going to look like, even if it's in a minute and a half or two minutes, and I see what the wall tents are going to look like, what the travel in is going to look like, what the animals look like, I feel like I'm going to trust that hunt more, and I'm far probably more likely to book with that person. Wouldn't you agree? Totally. And there's, and there's things, so that's kind of the user experience for conversions that, yeah, you've got, you've got more chance getting that person when they get to your website to book a hunt with you or whatever else. But there's other things that come into play too, where, you know, if, if you're on the first page of Google and somebody clicks on your listing because they search moose hunts, Canada or moose hunts, Alaska, well, if they click on your your listing and go to your website. If you've got a video there, they're going to, they're going to watch it. They're going to stay on that page longer. They're going to stay on your site longer. And that's telling Google this website is better. We're, that's the thing that people have to remember too, is that Google is just, you say Google and it's like this big thing that people don't even really think about sometimes, you know what I mean? But Google's job is to serve you results. It's a search engine. It wants to send you to the right place. That's its whole purpose as a company or it should be. Um, so if you come to the website and you stay there longer, you're giving that, um, you're telling Google that this is a good website. We sent you the right spot. You might go to another page, whatever else. But um, so there's there's a lot of things there that just having good content, which is video to keep people on your website. Once you get to that higher up um, in search rankings is really important too. So yeah, I, I agree with you. But, and then, but then that brings up an interesting point though. So like, if you're a hunting outfit, let's just say you do have a video. Cause I, I run into this. Okay. I'll have a hunting outfit, for example, want to do a video with me. They, maybe they'll agree to the budget that set aside or whatever. But then I ask them, what are you going to do with a video? And they're like, I don't know. I'm just going to throw it online. And, and I feel like, so here, here's the issue. When I was, when I was younger and I was getting into to video and I was working with hunting outfits, for example, I would make a video for them and I didn't think to have this conversation and they would take the video, they put it online and they wouldn't sell any hunts and they'd come back to me and be like, it didn't work. Well, the video could have been directed by Steven Spielberg himself, but if you don't put it in the right place, it doesn't matter. So how do, how do hunting outfits when they have a video, how are, how are you helping them to get people to see it? What are you doing to help them get into the Google engine where they will be where someone looking for a moose hunt will land on their page to begin with. Yeah. There's a couple of things there. And one of them is important to have <clears throat> a partner like working with you that we talk and we know what we're doing and you and I have talked. So when we're doing our next project, we're going to do a 15 second, we're going to do a 30 second. We're going to do maybe a minute and different places. We can use these because I talked about Google ads, but also, for Google My Business or local search, which has become more so much more important for hunting, the hunting industry than it used to be, but you can only add a 30-second video right now. Now, that might change, but right now, that's what Google allows, and it's an important place to put that and get it out there. Um, I'll just say something about local search quick, too, because I don't think people understand that. Well, all this is all, we want all of this, so go <laughs> for it. Well, 
And it used to not be this, the case. You know, when I started, I wasn't really worried about map listings or local because if you think of it, so local search is basically if you search dentist near me and you see that map pop, pop up with the pins on it. Yeah, because it's not showing you in San Francisco. It's going to show you what's nearby. Exactly, exactly. And so normally it's been local search. So like uh, I wasn't real concerned about it. If I'm working for, uh, well, for example, at my old job, it would have been South Dakota pheasant hunting, but everybody's in other states. Nobody's around South Dakota searching for it, you know? But what's happened over the years is Google has made it so that if you add any geographic graphic qualifier, so if I search, if I'm in Minnesota, if I'm in Texas and I search pheasant hunting lodges, South Dakota, that map listing comes up now. And that Google My Business comes up now that's got all that great information, your reviews, your video, if you add it. So that ranking has become really important where it wasn't before. Um, and that's that's where I think lodges don't always understand that they need to be working on that local listing or the Google Business Profile. Um, so yeah, and the, that's another thing. And then transitioning to that into... Um, what you said about what you can do to get your video out there. That's one thing, just working with somebody like you and making sure you know the formats or what sizes of videos you want. But, and this is something that I don't know if it's true or not. This is something that a lot of times I like to have things that come from people that test, like I said, smart people that are on webinars or whatever that are constantly testing things. But this just kind of makes sense to me that I have a lot of clients, even with high-end stuff a lot of times, and I don't know what you do, but they come with a lot of stuff on Vimeo or Vimeo, and they don't put stuff on YouTube, um, or they even will embed things directly on their website rather than going through YouTube. Um, and I just think YouTube's so important. I mean, YouTube's the second biggest search engine out there to Google. Um, it's owned by Google, which right. whether Google tells you it matters or not, I don't believe them. I mean... I think probably does, but who I'm knows? sure they integrate. I mean, they have to integrate together really well, hand in hand. Yeah. And they would tell you if you put it, if you put a YouTube, if you put a, if you embed a Vimeo video on a web page or a YouTube video, I'm sure they would say it's going to be the exact same. There's no correlation, but um, I would say YouTube's probably better. And the other thing is just that it's, you know, people, so many people search YouTube. I mean, you can sit there and, I don't know if you've ever done it, but you get sucked into it. I can sit there and watch YouTube for hours and you're yeah. watching different videos. Um, so getting that integrated with all your stuff's on YouTube, it's really easy to work with marketers then because you can just send a link or you can just embed it from there. You're not using Dropbox or Drive or anything else to move it around. You just got it there. You don't get it nice and optimized for people that are searching for it and then embed it on your website. And all of that kind of works together. You know, you've, you're linked up from, you're getting authority from your YouTube channel that goes to your website, that goes to your Google My Business or your Google Business Profile and all that stuff kind of works together. So let's talk about, uh, on that, what a lot of people probably don't know what Google My Business is. Can you elaborate a little of, on what that is? Yeah. And they, you hear me go back and forth because they just changed their name. They're so annoying. They keep changing names. So now they're Google Business Profile, technically. Okay. But whatever you want to call it, I, I go back and forth. But so Google Business Profile is what we were talking about with local search. Um, and it's basically your map listing, but you have to create it and you have to claim it and verify it. Um, they'll send you a postcard with a code on it, or sometimes they'll even do like a video call to verify that you have a legitimate business in that zip code or area or whatever. And then once you do that, you can get reviews, you can add posts, almost like social media. 
Um, you can add video. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, it's almost like a meld of social media and search, but it comes up in search when you search. So that's why it's so important. So, so on that note, so we're talking about um, building a new website together for my company, but I don't have a physical ad. I mean, I, I, I office from home and all of my, all, everybody that works for me, like my editor, they all work from their home. How do you, how does someone like me have a, have a, a listing in an area, a local area, if we don't have a physical location? <clears throat> That's a good question. So technically Google's got certain terms of service that you have to follow these certain things to have a Google business profile. Um, but you also can have, if you've got a legitimate business there, it's called a search area business. So if we set up an account for you on Google, your Google business profile, you would, sometimes it's already out there because Google scrapes and finds your information. So you might find that you've already got a listing. You just need to claim it. Um, you, I know personally do not. So we would have to just set it up and start a new one, put all your information in. Um, and you just set it up a search area as a search area business. And then you, it doesn't show your address then, and you can set your service area. So say you wanted to do all of Texas or like three planes. I think we have all of the United States set as our service area because we work everywhere, but you can pick your different, um, areas and it'll just have a little red, order around the area that's your service area. Okay. So what would you recommend? And I, I feel like this will be interesting to people listening. So from my perspective, I work, I mean, I've shot projects all over the world, but and so I, I'm like you in that I service people all across the country or globally even, but definitely the, most of my business is in Texas and probably the majority of my Texas clients are in the San Antonio to Austin region. Would you advise someone like me to have that circle you're talking about? Would you go ahead and set it up for all over? Or would you focus more on the area that you're probably doing most of your work in? I would probably focus on Texas for you. And thinking about your business, I mean, I'd want to dig into it a little more, obviously. But so you probably would not get a lot of... Um, benefit from a Google business profile for your places out of the country or in even Minnesota where I am. You know what I mean? That's probably not going to help you a lot because... Yeah, you guys are probably... Someone there will hire a local company probably. Yeah, or I'm just never going to see your local business account. You know what I mean? Because you have to put that geographic qualifier in there. But my thinking would be, even if it's only 10% of your business that you get locally, why not get it? I mean, you get that total advantage that people like local, that they want to have somebody locally. So why not go after that? For one thing, it's not that hard to set it up. The other thing is the reviews. The Google reviews have become so important that even if, say, I'm, I somehow found you, you know what I mean? Say it's a referral or anything else, and I find Rustic River Media, um, I might go and search Rustic River Media reviews to see what reviews are out there about you that's where I'm going to find your Google profile. That's where I'm going to gotcha. see those reviews that you have. And that goes for hunting lodges even more because I know I personally do that. If I get referred to or I somehow find a hunting lodge, I'll search that company and then reviews. And then those TripAdvisor and those Google reviews are super important. 100%. I would never hunt somewhere without doing that. Yeah. So even if that business profile isn't technically helping you in some ways, it's always a lot of times there's going to be ways that it helps you and that you just might not be thinking of, you know, kind of like kind of like goes back to the video on the website. Like I tell, uh, you know, Parker Guide Service in Alaska, like I tell them yeah. um, all the time, like I can't guarantee that my video will find you. Well, maybe maybe my videos won't find your clients. Maybe it will. I don't know. 
But what it will do, again, is kind of like the reviews. When people are on your website, it'll at least give them that peace of mind. Oh, these are these guys are legit. And I can see a, a glimpse of what it's going to be like. So in some ways, I kind of see how it's, the reviews are different, but they're kind of similar in that they they help you after the fact. And the same thing goes with photos, with quality professional photos. Yes. yes. Same, I think it's very similar. Yeah. 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 And I, I want to dive into that too. Um, on the, uh, on the local thing, I think that makes sense for me because I know like I'm, I'm getting really involved with the chamber. Like we have a chamber mixer tonight at natural bridge caverns, which is a cave, which is cool. And yeah. I'm definitely tr- really trying to own this area. I told my wife when we moved here last year that, um, there's only like three or four other video companies here, but I wanted this to be my town by the end of the year. So I'm really working on that. And, uh, one of the things I'm doing that I think is interesting, and it's different than like web stuff, but I uh, have pitched to the chamber here um, a, a deal where they will give me a booth at a trade show, a business trade show here, in exchange for me going around town and doing three to four 60-second or less um testimonials about people who have attended the trade business trade shows in the past. Well, all of those testimonials that I'm going to do in exchange for my free booth are not going to take me, but 20 minutes to shoot 15 minutes to cut together, but I'm going to be in front of all these different businesses in town with my camp, my cinema cameras walking around, you know, going to these different bit, driving these different businesses, getting in front of them in person with my camera equipment, getting a 60 second or less testimonial. That's free exposure for me. Cause now that business knows I'm in town with this camera equipment and, and from that, and then, and so from there, they're going to remember me and then they're going to see me at the trade show and then they're going to really remember me. Right. And so for me, it's a win, win because it's free exposure. I get a free booth and for the chamber. It's free advertising. So I want to ask you in that scenario. So for, in that scenario, you talked about me having a, um, a, a, a Google profile that's more for my area. And I think that goes hand in hand with what I just said, trying to yep. really grow my brand here. But if you're the chamber, let's flip sides. If you're the chamber and let's say you were running their website, how would you use those testimonials to, uh, to further up their increase in traffic for the trade show? That's a good question. Um, I was thinking what you were doing and that's so good. I mean, that's exactly what you want to be doing if you're a local business, you know, I mean, getting out there. Um, but for the chamber, I guess, well, they should have a Google profile if they don't for sure. You know I mean? And, and get that on there, get those um, profiles on there. And I would, I'd have to think about that more. I don't have a real clear, I mean, get it on there unless they want to do, you know, I see, I see locally here a lot of times when you have um, different events coming up, like say we've got a Renaissance festival locally or something like that. And you see the ads come up for it. Um, that would be pretty cool. I mean, to do some video ads where you just have people giving testimonials about the chamber and what it means to them. And, um, and, it, and that's the great thing about it. You can just do it locally. You know what I mean? So it's pretty cheap because you're just, whether you call it geofencing or whatever, but you're just getting your local area. Um, so it'd be really reasonable to do it. I might do that. I might try to get them, get the videos um, edited in a way that you could use them for ads and try to push that out there as like display ads or something. And those when, display ads, where do those go? Um, it's called the Google network. So basically and their search partners. So it could be on YouTube. It could be, I mean, you see them all over. I mean, we've got, 
the ultimate hunting network and we do it's called AdSense where they can run ads on your website. So basically if you're getting enough traffic on your website, you can sign up for Google AdSense, which is then Google pays you to put ads on your website. Oh. And then you're part of the Google network. So Okay. And you can do, you know, there's different types of ads too. That's the search network. You can also do or the display network as well. You can do Gmail ads, you can do YouTube ads, all that stuff. But kind of if you do a search campaign or a display campaign, which is what I'm talking about, the chamber would do, you're just kind of throwing it out on all the different places that work with Google locally there. Okay. And if you were me, like how long, I told them I was in my head thinking 60 seconds or less, but how long ideally would you, do you think like an ad for to work within the Google sphere of stuff, do you think an ad like that should be like a quick testimonial? I try. I try a fifteen second, maybe a because I you want to do that format a little bit, the non skippable. I think because that how we were saying hunting catches you so much that you might need a little bit more time to catch you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. So, <laughs> you could, um, but I, you just got to test, like with anything. You know what I mean? To try a couple different formats, and the great thing about Google Ads or even your website with Google Analytics these days is you can test and you get so much data. You just got to take the time to look at it and see what's working. You know? hey, so Google tells you all the data if you have the Google analytics, right? Yeah. So, well, first of all, for Google ads, like you're talking about in that account, I mean, it tells you everything. It tells you how long they're watching it. If they don't watch, like if they don't watch for a certain amount of time, you don't pay for it anyway. So the, the video ads can be really reasonable if people aren't clicking on it or taking some action on it. Um, so that's Google Ads. So you can get a ton of data out of there. Um, and then just your website through what's called Google Search Console or Google Analytics. You can get a lot of data and you can set it up to have like goals, whether somebody's filling out a contact form or calling you from your website or whatever it might be. Yeah, you can track all that stuff too, which is kind of cool. Do you see value? I've heard people talk about doing competing ads. Do you see value in that? Like in sense of, let's say I was one of the testimonials was for a local lumber yard and they were talking mm-hmm. about why they love the business trade show for the chamber, why they've been the last 10 years and why they can't wait to go this year. What if I did, if we did like, would you see value in doing competing ads? Would you like a 15, 30 second and 60 second cuts of those and see which ones do the best? I think so. I mean, I've done what's called ad groups where you've got the different formats and you've got the different, um, cause you can do, what is it cost per, like thousand or cost per PV or cost per thousand or cost per something else. I'm relatively new on the, the video ads too. I've been doing Google ads for a long time, so I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I've, I've been doing it for a little bit now. You know a lot more than me. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Um, but no, I think that would be a good strategy. I mean, you don't want to do that technically on search campaigns because you have to be careful that, um, if you've got, say you're doing, you know, guided moose hunts and um, like Canada, and then you want to do one Manitoba. You want to see which one does better because your clients in Manitoba. Uh, yeah. okay. so you want to do one Canada, one Manitoba. Well, if you're going to do one for Canada, you got to make sure you exclude that campaign from the Canada or all of Manitoba from the Canada ex- campaign because you do not want those competing against each other. Gotcha. Because the way Google Ads works is it's an auction. So that term, moose hunts, Man- Manitoba gets thrown out there and whoever's competing against it, the more competitive it is, the more you're going to pay per click. So if you're running a bunch of campaigns competing against one another, you're competing against yourself and bumping up the click costs. 
<laughs> so you got to be careful about doing that. I never with, with video. That. Yeah, and video, it's a little bit different. So you could do the, do that with video. Okay. Um, I uh, I want to let's like I want to talk a little bit about photography too. So we we you mentioned that photography is a big aspect of this. I know for the project we have coming up, it is obviously because you're going to use a lot of photographs for the website design. Um, but what about photography and in like the sphere of marketing for SEO and stuff, how do you, how are you guys utilizing it? There's some really new cool stuff out there that I'll talk about a little bit. I was mentioning it to you the other day. There's a guy called Mike Blumenthal that I like a lot that is a local search guy, but he had a really good article about it. And I've known about this for a long time. There's something called Google vision API. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Um, and what you, you know, it used to be, 10 years ago or maybe probably five oh, wait, you did ago. you told me about this the other day is this a thing where it can like recognize objects and things yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, okay. when when you used to want you know part of image um seo as i would call it or whatever um you would have like you would name the image again let's just stick with moose hunts you'd aim the aim the image mandatory moose hunts so that that was in the code basically or that was telling google that's what this image is about um, and then you also have the alt tag, which is, you know, when you hover over it, if your computer's not loading or whatever, that's the alt tag. That yeah, says, I'm going to pause you real quick because I want to ask you a question before I forget it. On that note, today, is it, should you name a photo before you upload it? Yes. So instead of just like, because I could, because I'm guilty of this, I'll take a picture and I'll edit it, but I'll save it as whatever the name was when the camera took it. Like it could be like DC35i or something. Would, yes. But I should name that like Moose. Yes. And it's not a super, you know, a lot of these SEO things are cumulative. You know what I mean? So if you're doing everything perfectly, that's not a huge thing, but yes, technically you should. And it makes sense. If you're doing it all the time, it adds up, right? Yeah. And it, it makes sense. I mean, it's in the code of the, if you look at that web page in the source code, you'll see that image and what the file name of it is. Yeah. You know, so I've seen that in the coding on yeah. my website when I replace the photograph. I'm very bad at web design, but I know enough to go in and change things yeah. and screw it up and have to have them somewhat fix it. But <laughs> I've been able yeah. to I see how that works, how you put you put the photo name in, like the name is in there. It's literally yeah. baked into the code. So I would. I mean, if you're just adding them to your photo galleries or something or it's a non-ranking page like your about us page or something, I don't really worry about it. But if you're on competitive pages. Yeah. I mean, I, I would be naming the photos, something that relates to the page. Okay. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. I, I, I just wanted to ask that. So keep going. No. And, and so that being said, that used to be more important than it is now. And part of the reason it's becoming less important is that this Google vision API, it's amazing, man. I mean, you put, and not all photos, but like you put in a photo and you drag and drop it in and it tells you, like I put in a moose the other day and it was, I think 86% that they thought it was a moose in the deer family and they can tell what it is. They can tell if people are smiling. Um, this article I was telling you about, it, it was interesting because they're doing a dentist and there's two images that are almost identical. And one was recognized as a dentist and one was a surgeon because of where the guy, the way the guy was wearing his mask. Really? Now, you think about that if you're a dentist and you put that picture on your website, on your webpage, and they did test it in this article, their calls and everything else went way up when they, especially taking like, if you've got clients that use stock photos and you take those stock photos off, go and test them in this vision API, 
see what they, if they relate to the page that you're on and try to make the images that you have relate to the page that they're on. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And the other thing that, and it makes sense too, that quality photos, you know I mean? Especially for your industry makes such a difference. And it's above my head a little bit, but they were talking about Google, maybe even be able to recognize like white balance and things that wow. when photos are quality, which again comes back to kind of making sense that Google wants to serve up good results. They want to show people good images, you know? So, um, good on makes them look better too. Exactly. If they don't want to show people crap images. So if you've got good images and they can tell that either they're professional or competent, you know, it's definitely not stock photos, you know, because that's really bad, but, um, yeah. And I think like when we were talking about this, uh, project that we're getting ready to work on, I think you, you even mentioned like, like on the whitetail page, it's really important that we have at least one super clear image of a whitetail deer so that the, I think you called it the API can recognize that that's a whitetail deer on its own. Right. I think that's going to be start becoming, you know, there's always been the back and forth when I'm talking to clients, what content, like text content on websites, people don't read anyway. I don't want that on my website, you know? And it's like, well, you got it. If you're Selling duck hunts, you got to talk a little bit about duck hunts and the content. You know what I mean? And you've got that user experience compared to what people are actually wanting. And I'm guessing that you're going to start getting a little bit of that with photos where, you know, is this a really great photo or do you need to have that? I don't know the word for it, but kind of like you were saying, where it's easy to see that that's a moose. You know what I mean? You don't want to have a bunch of stuff around it. So you need some photos that are just clear to Google that that's what it is. Yeah. And photography and video too, we have this thing called depth of field where. Yeah. 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 yeah, You know, depth of field. So if you have a shallow depth of field where like that deer is in focus, but the background's blurred out, that deer is going to be isolated. Yeah. And it's interesting because from an artistic perspective, I would shoot something like that just because I like the look of it. But from a marketing perspective, literally Google can analyze that and have an easier time of, of being able to put that up in the, up in the key keywords. And I think that's interesting for your industry because for my industry, we can test it, but you're the one taking the photos. So it's like if we're working together and that doesn't mean you can't take some really cool artistic photos or whatever else, you know what I mean? Of more complex things, but just get some that are targeted, targeted exactly where it's, it's really clear on what, what it is that you're taking a picture of. And that could be in wildlife that could be, you know, other industries around as well, you know? Yeah. I did a podcast uh, last week and I was talking to an individual. We were talking about um, how important it is to know the final destination of where your video or photos are going to be going, because mm -hmm. you know, a little bit more at that point of how you should shoot it. For instance, I know because I'm working with you that we need to get a few really clear shallow depth of field images of certain things like deer. I know that because I spoke to you. I may not have, I probably would have done that anyway, but maybe I wouldn't have, maybe it wouldn't have been on my back, back of my head had I not have talked to you about it. I also know because I talked to you ahead of time that you want some wide photographs that can go on headers on websites that could be cropped in on kind of like a Facebook cover photo. If I, if I did not know that and I shot everything really tight, it wouldn't work on the website very well. And so I think it's really important that people know their final destination of where the video and, and photo images are going to go to. That's so true. We get into that with the header photos all the time. Clients just send them over and over. It's like, we can't use that. We can't use that. We can't use that. Well, yeah, when I shot for Parker Guide Service in 2019, I, I was there three weeks in the spring 
and three weeks in the fall slash winter. But I, I didn't have a web developer that I had a relationship with really that was running their site. So I just shot photos the way I saw them. And I got like 30 something thousand images. So I have, like, we, we could find images that will work. Yeah, yeah. But I certainly did not go with the intention of thinking about getting a specific shot, like a wide shot of their, of their, their yacht that they guide the hunts on so that when you put that on a header, the boat will be perfectly framed. I never, yeah. it didn't even occur to me to think about that when I was there. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's, I hadn't really thought about talking to the photographer in that much detail until we started talking about it either, but it makes sense. Once you do it, sometimes you just don't think of stuff. Right. I think in the end, it only helps both of us to give the client a better end result. It makes both of us look better. Like it makes it look more custom. And I think that's like one of the things I love about my relationship with you guys on a project, like what we're getting ready to do is I feel like we can, I can custom tailor my shots to what I think you need, or I can custom tailor the way I edit the video to what I think, to what you think the Google ads need to be. Um, like for instance, I, we, we talked about re-editing the Hummel hollow ranch, some of those videos. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you're really emphasizing wanting some high impact, like something extremely attention grabbing in the first five seconds by working with you. I know to to emphasize that for your client. Yeah. And that's, Exactly. I mean, how would you know that if we weren't planning on using it for Google ads, which nobody knows that unless you talk about it, you know? Yeah. I might be trying to make something like so cinematic and over the top and then, you know, and maybe it's gorgeous, but from an ad perspective, maybe it wouldn't work. And it has, at the end of the day, it has to work. Like the the end goal is to drive traffic. And if our product's not doing that, then it doesn't matter how pretty it is. It doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. Um, you mentioned to me yesterday, a comment about voiceover and, uh, short videos and how you felt like it was even more important than short ones. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? That was one, what were we talking about? We were ta- was it Hunt Mill Hollow when we were talking yeah, about? Yeah, when we were talking about cutting a 15 second ad for them. Yeah, I think it's, well, I think, and I don't even know if I'm right on this. It just kind of makes sense to me that if you've got that 15 seconds, um, I want to hear, I want to hear something, you know what I mean? If you, if there's volume set, which there should be, you know, I mean, sometimes people have their volume down on YouTube or whatever, but, um, that hunt mill hollow, for example, comes in and I can't remember what he says, but it's perfect. You know what I mean? It's just, he says something really, um, engaging about the lodge that I want to hear that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I think if you've only got 15 seconds to get them or five seconds, if it's a skippable, I think anything you can do, whether it be voiceover, you know, um, really good, catchy. There's there's an example. We've got a um, a lodge down in a in um, Florida that does alligator hunts. There's just a really cool starting to the video where it's this alligator that's like underwater with lights underneath it, and just something like that. You know what I mean? That's just set, catches your attention so much and is just engaging. Um, you're going to stop and watch the whole thing. Cause you're going to be like, what is that? Yeah, exactly. You want to know what's going on. And once you get sucked in for a little bit, you're going to watch it. And then you want to know where, where they came from or whatever it might be. So that's the goal. At least one thing that's really fascinating to me about the 15 second videos is I, ha- I actually got a client one time and how I got them. I met them at a trade show and there were two video production companies set up. It was an outdoor trade show in San Antonio. And, uh, I was there and there was a competing company there and a guy had, had seen the competing company's booth first and spoke to that guy. And then he came and spoke to me. I ended up getting him as a client over to the other company. And how I got him was this one thing. He told me that he had, uh, 
purchased some 15-second ad spots and also wanted some 15-second ads for um, some uh, non-skippable ads, like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and he wanted some 15 second ads. He also wanted some like three, uh, some like 30 seconds, some one minutes, but he was really focused on a lot of these 15 second ads. Well, that other company told him it's impossible to make an ad in 15 seconds and no, nobody would ever do that. That's impossible. Nobody does that at all. And he, that company lost the client because of that. I was like, yeah, let's do a 15 second ad and like, we'll be creative and we'll figure out how we can get like three or five shots in 15 seconds that are like awesome. And I got the client because it got the job because of it. And I think it's really fascinating because people don't think about how these short ads really do have a place. Even in movie theater marketing here in local movie theaters, we do 15 second ad spots for pre-roll ads before movies start. And, you know, there's a place for, for short ads like that. You start paying attention to it too. Like I'll see the ads now and be like, start counting in 15 seconds. Was that only 15 seconds? You know what I mean? And you, and you start paying attention to what people are doing, whether it be the skippable or the 15 second ones. Um, so yeah. So do you get, do you hear a lot of that? Have you heard many people asking for 15 second or something that catches you at the beginning other than me? I mean, have you heard that? No, I hear, I hear, I hear stuff. I hear stuff like that all the time. I think 15 seconds is still kind of newer concept to people. Cause I, I get clients that will call me and they'll be like, Hey, I want a five minute video about my website or about my business. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you don't want yeah. a five minute video. I can make one for you if you want, but I don't think that's what you probably need. I yeah. think a lot of people don't know what they need, but I am starting to see, especially in my my upper end clients that have marketing teams that are paying attention to this stuff, like, like you guys do, they are starting to request 60, 30 and 15 second spots for specific targeting reasons. So I am starting to see that, but it's more in my higher end clients who have a marketing team behind them who understand this stuff. Yeah. Cause a 30 second, you can use Google business profile, even on social, if you want to, nobody's even on so, that social is a big part of it. A lot of people don't want anything longer than 60 seconds now because of Instagram. Of course, you can put stuff longer than 60 seconds, but it plays better with 60 seconds or less. Yeah. That's just like, that's just like Google ads. Yeah. Yeah. I find that interesting. Do you have any like uh, advice for people who are shooting photos or, or videos for whether it's hunting or not, like things that they should try to do or should pay attention to? Like we mentioned, uh, having, uh, getting, getting people's attention in the first five seconds and why that's important. But do you have any advice for people who are creating content for companies? No, well, I would say whether you're working with a marketing agency or just doing it on your own, and this is what you and I have just been kind of talking about, lay it out. You know what I mean? Be strategic about what you're doing. And especially if you're spending some money on it, there's, there's no better way to spend your marketing dollars, I don't think, by getting some good images, getting some good photos, or getting some good video. But know what you're doing, you know, know what your goals are. Um, write it down or do whatever you have to so you're clear about it uh, before you just go and have somebody make a video, you know? Yeah, I, you know what? I think that's actually solid advice because a lot of people that are newer to video or photography, they'll just like, we call it uh, spray and pray. Well, they'll just yeah. go and like just shoot anything and everything and just kind of make something out of it. And I feel like that's not a great approach because I think at the end of the day, you have to remember that your job is to help the company get clients. So you need to be really strategic on what it is that you're shooting and why you're shooting it, what the important 
aspect of that shot is what is it telling your target market and how does it fit within a 15 30 60 second or two or three minute long video yeah and the other thing i would say is same thing with photos or video i see so many clients coming in with these sterile pictures of their lodge with you know nothing there and beautiful lodge you know and there's just it's like get some pictures of people having fun and smiling. And, you know, you can have some of those pictures just kind of showing off what the room is like or whatever, but you probably need a couple like that, but not all Yeah, of them. get the experience, you know I mean? Whether it's video or in video, it's usually, and you've seen this where it's all hunting, you know what I mean? It's either all kill shots or all just ducks flying overhead. And it's like, that's great. There's a place for it, but mix in some playing cards at night or, you know, having dinner or, um, what's the experience going to be like? Because that's what you're trying to portray. You know what I mean? You're trying to show them you want to come here and it, and it doesn't have to be Greystone castle. You know what I mean? Where it's just beautiful lodge. If you're, you know, an affordable Arkansas duck hunting lodge, that's what people are looking for. They just want to see what it looks like. You know what I mean? They want to see what the experience is going to be like. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah. There's this hunting outfit in Canada called Woody river trophy hunts. I've I've done a lot of video work for them in the past. I actually have a full body mounted black bear right beside me that I shot there and uh, (laughs) (laughs) looking over me. (laughs) Um, But uh, at Woody river, one of the things that people love about them is they have their uh, lodge is it's like, you're just going to someone's house. It's carpeted. The, it, I mean, it looks like a house is built in the seventies or whatever. And that's actually what people like about it because when they go hunt deer or bear there, they don't feel like they're going, some people go for like, like, like a, a graystone castle. Like that's a, that's one experience, but some guys are looking for just like a, it's almost like they're going to their cousin's camp, but they're just going to a place where the, the hunting is going to be a little better, but the experience is still like, you feel like you can go to, to dinner and not have to dress up. If that makes sense for that outfit that was their market. And I think if that's their market, show their market that. There's more people looking for that too. Than Greystone Castle, there's more people looking for whatever the, the place you just said. You know I mean? They just want to go hang out with their kids or go hang out with their buddies and be relaxed. And But whatever they're looking for and whatever your business is, highlight it. You know what I mean? Let people know what it is because, you know, I mean... They want to see it. They want to see what it's going to be like when they get there. Yeah. And I think too, you can even ask the target audience, do a little research. Like I, uh, I have a client of mine. He's a marketing director for a different company, that engineering firm, but I have a call with him coming up and I was going to ask him, he's a big, um, bird dog guy and he's into bird hunting. And I was going to ask him if you were to hunt or see a video clip about bird hunting at Greystone castle, what would catch your attention as someone who is that the kind of person who would book a hunt there? Like, what are things that you would look for, like that would catch your attention? Just doing a little bit of research, I think, goes a long way. That would be interesting. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you jumping on and talking with me. And I, I don't know if anybody got anything out of our conversation or not, but I feel like there's some good nuggets there. And I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me about all this. Yeah, it's fun. It's going to be good working with you on this thing too. So yeah. And hopefully not the last, and it, ha- it hasn't even been the first we've done some other stuff. This will be the biggest one we've done together though. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. pumped. Well, cool. thanks so much for, for, uh, hopping on today. I know you got stuff to do, so I won't keep you. Um, guys, thanks for listening to filming with Josh podcast. Um, for 
your home for tips, tricks, and how to make flicks, be sure to go to Facebook, type in Filming with Josh, and ask to join the Filming with Josh Facebook group. You can also go to my website at rusticriver.media and click on the Filming with Josh tab to hear more of our podcasts, see some of our written blogs and things of that nature. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Ben, for joining us. Thanks. See y'all later. To learn more about Rustic River Media, visit us online at rusticriver.media. Thanks for listening to the Filming with Josh podcast. Catch every episode by hitting subscribe today. Today.